Welcome to the Business Chef Podcast, where we learn from the best about the business side of the food service industry. Do you make food? Then let us help you make money doing it. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food Make Money on Instagram or Facebook, or email us info at businesschef.org. Why, hello there again, and welcome to the Business Chef Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Chef Sean Boucher. Today, we have a phenomenal guest. We have somebody who I am very close to, somebody that has taught me a lot. And today, we're going to be talking about mentors. Mentors are something we've talked a lot about. A lot of our guests have spoken a lot of their mentors and the people they've learned under and the people that they've worked with and the things that they've learned from those people. And today, I am proud to say that in the studio, we have my mentor, Mr. Dave Prowse, uh, someone that I spent a long time with, uh, multiple concepts, learning multiple things, and someone who I have a lot of respect and admiration for, somebody that I have worked closely with over the years and somebody that I am excited to have impart the wisdom that he shared with me with all of you. So without further ado, let's get talking to Davey boy. (laughs) (laughs) This is probably a little bit weird for both of us right now. Why? I don't know. It's just weird to interview you. I've never been interviewed before. Yeah, right. You've been interviewed lots. Oh, I gotta go on TV tomorrow. Oh crap. Oh man. That's why I was going down back to work. Oh, I can do. You're gonna go back to work. That's what you're gonna do. Mm-hmm. So, let me introduce this guy across from me. He's uh, the big, the big guy, Dave Prowse, the man, the myth, the legend. Mm-hmm. The dude who taught me everything I know and a bunch of stuff I didn't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> or need to know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, we've uh, we've had quite a run of things. Um, Dave and I have been together for, pro- for over 20 years now because I was 16 years old when I started working for you at the then Delta Center in Salt Lake City, Utah. And... Uh, Learned a few bad habits, and is that all? <laughs> it should have been a lot more than that. I tried a whole lot harder. Maybe you just should have paid more attention. <laughs> no, no, Dave's been Dave's been awesome. One of the things that Dave taught me, I think, above all else, was that food service is not just about the art, but it's a lot about the business and. Dave's been a great mentor to me as far as becoming an, an entrepreneur and being able to kind of build businesses and figure out what I wanted to do with my career. He's definitely helped me avoid some pitfalls along the way. Uh, and, you know, we've had a lot of fun together. We worked together in four different places, five different places at least. And now Dave has kind of stepped out on his own. So I'm going to stop yapping and I'm going to let Dave talk because he's way more interesting than I am. Um, but first and foremost, why don't you talk about how you got in the business? What, what was your first job and how did you start out? What brought you to this point? 
you know, I had a year to wait in school. I moved over back from New Zealand, and there was a job opening I read in the paper for a soda jerk at the Hotel Utah. And I applied there, and I got it. Had no idea what a soda jerk was. I just thought, oh, wow, that's an interesting name. <laughs> and went in and interviewed, and they hired me. Even though I wasn't 16, they hired me and was in the coffee shop. And come to find out, they had brought this beautiful Italian ceramic soda fountain. Actually came across on a stagecoach and was down in the uh, Hotel Utah coffee shop. Beautiful, beautiful soda fountain. So I learned how to make Italian sodas, desserts, the old school desserts, parfaits, banana splits, shakes, um, pies, and then went up to the roof restaurant in the garmager department and that's kind of where i really got the bug for the food business was up at the famed roof restaurant now i won't lie we did like like to sit out you used to be able to open the big sliding windows on the top floor and so before service we would take some of the old hard rolls and throw them out the window on the mainstream and watch the sky rats, the seagulls swoop down and eat the bread. That didn't last long. We got in trouble, but that was fun. That was one of the funner things about that job. And that was it. Then I did an apprenticeship as a meat cutter and just stayed in the business ever since so after your apprenticeship though from uh, being a meat cutter where'd you go what'd you end up doing after that um i don't uh where did i go oh little america i started at little america as a line cook and then um uh i left for brazil and served a mission there and then came back Oh, my goodness. I have no idea. I think I went back to Little America to work as a cook. And then I just, no, I don't remember. Yes, <laughs> something like that. I worked worked around. You worked in hotels. Worked in hotels. And then I tried, yeah, got on with the, that's right, excuse me, I got on with the uh, the Red Lion, or the Sheraton in Salt Lake downtown, was then bought out by Red Lion and then was there for a, a short period and moved to New Orleans, to the Sheraton in New Orleans. That's a big property. Big. I was an 1,100-room convention hotel. We had uh, seven outlets. Wow. And, um, yeah, that was an eye-opener there. In what way? A lot of room service, a lot of big banquets. I mean, that was my first banquet for 5,000 people. And then constant serving in the cafe and the little restaurants down on the main floor. And New Orleans was a trip. That was awesome. I had some wonderful experiences with some incredible chefs there. And that was, that's what, and I still cherish several of those. So the other ones have died. Yeah. Passed away. Jerry Amato passed away. Mike Roussel passed away. Uh, Jamie Shannon at, uh, commanders passed away so uh, my good friend Joe Kahn was just up here last week so he's still around so wonderful experience and then moved up to Baton Rouge to White Oak Plantation and then um, came back home came back and uh, jumped into 
a lot of different places. A few places downtown, and then arenas. And gastronomy, and, and then the Delta Center. And then after the hotels industry, I went into the fast casual business. So I went into Rumby, and then to Costa Vida. Was there for seven years, and then went to uh, Wingers, and then um, have my my own business now down at the aquarium. But all along had had my other little businesses on the side that we had just hoped would come around and fall into place one day, and they really have. They've come around well. Well, and you've done obviously some side projects here and there, but a lot of those have kind of taken off. I mean, you've got some some things going with jam, you've got some things going with the aquarium, and now a food truck that you were just getting licensed today. Yeah, it's sitting out in your parking lot right now. <laughs> a, a big old food truck that we're going to do some meat pies out at the Warriors games, the new professional rugby league. So, yeah, the other business, I've been doing jam now for 13 years. Wow. And it's evolved. And our food packaging business has done very well. And that continues to grow and move, so... Yeah, always looking for opportunities to carry you through when other things don't work out. Yeah, and you just never know. I mean, that's something that I, I'm a firm believer in is it's hard to have two feet in when there's so much volatility out there in the market and and companies and people can be very fickle and it's you're, you're the best thing since sliced bread one day and then you're old garbage it is it's it's really a shame i don't think the industry used to be like that but oh it is i don't care who you are where you go to work for um it's it is uh it's brutal out there well so with that said though i mean obviously you've been a few places you learned a few things what are the things that you think maybe the young culinarians or, or someone who's looking to progress their career, what do they need to focus on nowadays to avoid some of those pitfalls? Well, like you said in the beginning, you need to learn how to run a business. You need to be a businessman person and make money. I can teach a monkey how to cook, and the industry's morphing kind of that way. I've noticed uh, the pastry chef in the hotels disappearing. There's no more need for it. They just buy their pastries from somewhere else, get them in. Um, but the businesses that are growing and flourishing, you have to know how to make money. Otherwise, you're no good. You could be the world's most incredible chef. I've seen many, many different master chefs just fail miserably because they don't know how to make money, but they could do the most beautiful creative place but bottom line is you've got to understand business and the economics of business or no restaurant can stay open for that long no business can you, you just it eats you up it will eat you up so fast you and I have seen so many restaurants start up and fail and um, so business is 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 the most important of, and I guess that's what starting your own business is about you know even if it's a little one just throw the darts and pretty soon they'll hit the dart you'll get the bullseye and it will grow and it will develop and blossom and um you can become successful at that well and and i think a lot of people they're either they're either Mm -hmm. too scared to try or they feel like it has to be one or the other 
you can't be doing both at the same time or or they're not willing to put in the work to do both at the same time. The latter is the truth. It's a lot of work. You come home after working all day. You've got to sit down and work on your own business, your business plan, and you start there. I There's many a times I've been at that jam plant, you know, late at night making jam because that's the only time I could with the hope that one day it would be successful and many of the smaller things you do carry you through some some tough times you know that little jam business put braces on all my kids it's helped with the schooling and uh, it's been a blessing so um yeah i'm a big as you know a big proponent of that but it is a lot of hard work a lot of hard work you either come home and play video games and watch tv or you can get into a business and start developing it and working it and making it happen. One of the things I think that I've learned from you and and other mentors, but probably primarily from you, is that business sense. I mean, I remember being, I don't know, early 20s and kind of feeling like all I needed to do was go to culinary school or all I needed to do was get a job at a hotel. And life was going to be set. I was going to have that job forever and things were going to be great. And you really opened me up to the, the reality that was, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And so you've got to prepare for the worst. So I don't know if I really would have gone and gotten my bachelor's degree and things had I not had some of that insight from you, because it just felt like to become a chef, you went to culinary school and then you got out and you got a job and But one of the things you really opened my eyes to was student loan debt and what are you really going to learn in culinary school that you can't learn, you know, from some of those chefs. And and I think that's where some of the people in the industry fall short nowadays is everybody thinks that they fit in a box, you know. And you're a great example of somebody who doesn't necessarily fit into a box. You know, I uh, that's a good point. You can't. These... The, the, the youth now, they, they're so smart. They need to get out and do that. You know, Mike Rowe, I love Mike Rowe. He just talks about that. My son is going through that right now. He's like, school sucks. And I go, I, I agree. I have a lot of friends that have a lot of debt right now because of school. And they're struggling as hard as anyone else to find that niche. I think there are trades for education. So I would change it from school to education. And education is very, very important no matter what you do. Working with a very smart businessman is a education they can teach you how to run a business. Culinary school is an education. A trade is also an education. So there's a lot that you can do that you don't necessarily need that, you know, bachelor's degree from a school. My own opinion is very expensive. And at the end of the day, an example is I've hired over the years two graduates from CIA. Wonderful chefs who couldn't make a penny. It, it, doesn't matter if, unless you get a full education. Even the local culinary schools were the same way. They can't write a schedule, but they graduated with this culinary degree, and it's like, wow, that's going to be a tough one. You were a very good example of that because you were a self-starter, so it wasn't hard for you to go out and do things. Um, 
you did something that I always wanted to do, but as I started doing it, went, I'm not an author. I don't want to write a book. <laughs> it's too much work. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and to be honest with you, when I was coming up, there was two culinary schools. There was the CIA in New York and Johnson & Wales in Boston or Chicago. I mean, there were not any out. We did an apprenticeship program where you got on with a great chef and you went somewhere and you learned and you trained. And that's what I felt like I did, but I also had that drive to be an entrepreneur. And thank goodness we did what we did because you and I have had some crazy experiences out there where it doesn't matter how good you are, how much money you make someone, how solid of a brand you build. At the end of the day, one day they can turn and you're done. It's over. And then what? Well, and that's why you have to hedge your bets. That's why you have to have some other irons in the fire or at least some other ideas and some other avenues to pursue. And that's something that I think people are really missing nowadays is that with the Chef's Association chapters essentially dying, I mean, people are are not gravitating towards the ACF. They're not gravitating towards associations. But one of the things that associations really had that people don't do enough of, I think, is networking. Agreed. 100%. You know, the ACF misses the boat. They, it's just so self-serving. I would love to get together with a bunch of culinarians in someone's garage. Everyone bring a potluck crock-pot dinner and just sit around and talk about the industry. What are we facing? We're facing some huge opportunities right now. Staffing. People are not getting into the business. Um, E-Verify has changed our industry. Whether you like it or not, it's changed and it's difficult out there. And that's what I would love to do is, you know, get together as an organization and just break bread, do what we do, and talk about those things. Um, there's still some that will work at a hotel the rest of their lives, and that's okay. That's what they want. That's what they do. Um, for you and I, it was that. Die, boring. It was was hard. It It was was hard. hard. There were times, I think, um, for me, and a lot of it just came from knowing what your journey or your path is and learning to figure out who you are and what you want. Because for me, I I was listening to a lot of people, and I was trying to fit a mold that different people would tell me to fit. You know, well, you need to do this, you need to do this the end of the day, it had to be what was inside, what was in my heart, what was in my head, what I gravitate towards. And I, I think that's what I, I learned to realize, not necessarily too late, but later on in my career that I wish I had learned earlier was that if I was true to myself and I was true to the things that I gravitated towards, I think I could have, I think I could have missed out or not necessarily missed out, but I could have skipped a lot of trials and a lot of things that really didn't help me a lot in the end. I was try- I was chasing someone else's dream at those points. Absolutely. So I, I guess what advice I could give someone coming up, create a demand for something and then create the supply chain and give it to them. That's like any business. It's the same within the food business, whether it's your services or a product create a demand for that and then go do it you know it requires hard work it 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 requires
requires um, a lot of hard work. A lot of hard work and a lot of skills that I think people don't think that they need getting into food service. You think that you get into food service and you can you can hide in the kitchen or you can hide in the back and just work on prep or just there comes a point where to really make any money you've got to have experience in every segment of the house front and back of the house and you have to be willing to both get out and talk to customers as well as be able to talk the talk when it comes to P&Ls and income statements and food cost and labor and all those types of things and I think that's where people miss out a lot of times is they don't focus on those business skills and they focus more on just honing their craft as a culinarian. Agreed. Agreed. It um, The restaurant business is brutal. You know, the old adage, you want to make a small fortune in the restaurant business? Start with a large one. <laughs> and it is really true. It is brutal. I think this industry is going to morph and change in a way that none of us have ever seen. I think the fast casual type concepts will continue to grow and develop. Um, we're already seeing hotels changing tremendously. Hotels are now about space to sleep. That's it. Um, and I think there's going to be some niches that open up that will be perfect for young culinarians to strike at. And it might be something so different than what they ever thought but it will open up and they need to jump at it and find it. People's dietary needs change, their wants change, and we have to adapt and change with that. And those are the opportunities in this industry that you need to look at and find and tap into those and get after it. Well, and you have to be able to be prepared though for when those opportunities arise because if you're not prepared, if you don't want know what to look for, or you're not when that opportunity does come your way and you're too stuck in punching a clock or getting, you know, getting things done the way you're supposed to, you know, that's that's when those opportunities pass you by and go on to somebody else. But if you can be prepared and have the skills that you need and then meet that preparation, that's when you're really gonna you're going to hit your stride. It will, and that's when you're going to grow. You constantly need to be pushed out of your comfort zone. And as that happens, you grow. And if you're not growing, I look at it, you're dying. Now, growth has to be um, calculated, and it has to be planned out. But you need to grow. I, experience, I am experiencing that right now. <laughs> uh, in our business and our other businesses on how to grow and grow at the right time. Am I growing too fast? You know, there, there's a lot of things to think about, but there's so much opportunity out there right now just waiting for someone to jump at. And opportunity that makes sense. Fine dining restaurants don't make sense anymore unless you're in some incredible place with an incredible opportunity. It doesn't make sense anymore. People aren't looking for that. I think casual dining, as big as it is, I think is going to continue to get stomped on because people are tired of the crap they serve. And there will become some new niches that people are going to be able to zone in on and um, and really do well. Well, we already see it. I mean, you're you're a prime example of somebody who's taking advantage of multiple segments of the industry. You've got manufacturing. You've 
got contract management with the aquarium, and now you've also got this this food food truck that you're serving meat pies of all things out of. So what what makes you choose to do some of these things, or or what drives you to do all these different things? I believe in the law of attraction. I believe what you put out to the universe, the universe gives back to you. And like you just said, you need to be ready for those opportunities and be ready to take the jump. If you're not going to take the jump or be willing to take the jump, yeah, it's not for you. So when an opportunity comes along, tailor that to your needs and what you can do best. So we saw a need that concessions and stadiums are awful. They're slow, they're cumbersome, very expensive. So we're going to create a concept that's very fast and just food is find a food that I can bake at the commissary, put in warming boxes, haul out to the event and serve them. That's what we're going to do. So it's fast, it's efficient. I don't need hoods. I'm not cooking anything in the truck. It's, it's a little bit different than your average food truck but I didn't want that so that's a niche it's kind of specialized but when you get an opportunity to be an exclusive at something like that you got to jump at it and uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes <laughs> it's an awful big truck <laughs> well you're definitely taking a chance and I think that's the other lesson here is that you've got to be willing to take chances and you've got to be willing to put things on the line you know, you're you're probably taking more chances now in your 50s than you were in your 30s. Absolutely. You learn. And like you, I wish someone could have said, avoid this, avoid that. And people always said, you got so much going on, so much going on. Well, I had to because, man, out of the blue, you lose a great job for no reason. Just it's silly. And you and I have seen that recently. It's like, what? How does that work? So you've you've got to constantly be jumping at opportunities and taking some risks so that when that opportunity comes, and that becomes a blessing, you know that sometimes that's a blessing because it pushes you to do these other things that you need to do to survive. Yeah. Well, and survive and now thrive. I think that a lot of your businesses are starting to hit scale and you're starting to realize some of the fruits of your efforts, whereas before, that wasn't always the case. There was a lot of late nights with a lot, not a lot of <laughs> payoff. No, it, it was, but I knew that something was going to stick and hit and go, and uh, we've been blessed that way. Now it's like, holy cow, i got all this goodness coming in, coming around me. i got to pick and choose and be careful and... You know, how do I manage this now? How do I find the people that help me work through this? <laughs> well, and that's that's a huge challenge right now is obviously the people and, you know, getting people who are committed and share a vision and, and things. You know, you've built brands and you've built concepts and you've mentored and developed a lot of people. What what do you do to do that? What are What are some of your core principles or beliefs behind developing people? Well, I think you need to dream big. Um, you need to help them help other people accomplish something they never thought possible. That's the biggest thing. And giving them wings, letting them fly. Help someone believe in themselves that they could do something. That's a huge success. Work hard 
and take someone across the finish line with you. you. It doesn't matter how much knowledge or anything you have. If you can't share it with someone and help someone enjoy that same success, why is life? It's a waste. You're going to die with it and never help anyone out. And who cares? Live, love, and live a leg leave a legacy. And... Um, I just think helping people, there's so much doubt in the world today. Everyone tells you, you can't, you can't, you can't. Oh, the, this is bad, and this is bad, and this leader's bad, blah, 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 blah. Oh, you listen to that, it'll drive you crazy. So we really have to help someone realize that they can do something they never th thought they could. <coughs> Excuse me, if your dreams don't scare the hell out of you, they're not big enough. That's That's a great adage. Um, we are definitely of the same mind when it comes to a lot of these things. And that's why I think that as a mentor and as somebody who's helped develop me in my career, as well as helping me to do the same for others, um, there's a lot to be said for, you know, those who have come before you. As far as mentors for you, who do you consider some of your mentors? Um, you know, culinary-wise, Bernhard was, was a chef. You know, I learned a lot from him. I was able to travel to New Orleans. Um, the mentors in my life, though, that helped me develop as an individual were more valuable to me. Um, uh, Joe Kahn still is. Just a mentor to me is someone I can watch and learn and grow from. I've, I've loved watching you grow through your career. That mentored me to see, wow, he did this differently. That's awesome. I never would have done that. Why didn't I think about that? Um, and I've always tried to surround myself with good people, people that I can trust and look up to. I don't know that anyone really gave me great business advice. I had to read a lot of books <laughs> and figure it out myself and kind of just get in and, and, and do it, you know. It would be perfect if you had six months to plan everything that you're going to do out and have it all put on paper and know exactly what you need to do. But that's not what life gives you. Life gives you, boom, here's an opportunity. You're going to jump at it or not? Well, how long do I have? Yeah, an hour. Okay. You know, you got to make it and uh, make that decision and jump in. So, um, the, you know, I, I, I wish someone had pulled me aside. I missed that. I wish someone had pulled me aside and said, here's how you run a business. And um, I kind of had to learn that on my own and learn, made a lot of mistakes. So whatever I could do to help someone now, not make those same mistakes. And, you know, here's kind of a guideline to what you can do. But you've got to believe in yourself. you got to believe in yourself. I never let anyone tell me I couldn't. We moved to New Orleans. I took a brand new family, just married and a newborn. Oh, we're moving to New Orleans. Oof, you know, that was a that was a long, hard, very scary thing. It was wonderful. And um yeah, I think that was the mentors in my life. It was kind of we did it on our own, man. Yeah. You and I. You know, I watched you grow and you hit a point where all of a sudden you just, I just saw, oh, watch out, here he goes. 
I was really impressed how you went to school, you went to the culinary school, you started teaching, and you were writing books, and you were consulting, and you were this expert on kitchen equipment, which was just huge because I was so old school, and yeah, there's a convection oven, that's all I need, and oh, wait a minute, here's something else. And, um, you know, when you think about that, you did a lot of that on your own. You just went out and did it. You well, didn't have anyone sitting down and tell you, okay, now do this. I told you to do a lot of things you didn't do. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And you went out and you you did, you just did, like you said, what felt good to you and where you needed to fit. And I, I loved watching you fit into that realm that you wanted to be in. And it was different than what I thought you were cut out to be and be. Um you were cut out to do and be. So uh, that was fun. Those those are the opportunities that I love. I've seen many of my sous chefs succeed and do well. Um, and I've seen some that just never got it. But that's okay. They do what they want to do. But the opportunities out there are amazing. They're huge. Just got to jump at them. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got plenty of opportunities just within your organization right now. And... I know that there's a lot of opportunities out there that will be forthcoming. So if somebody wanted to get a hold of you or maybe throw their hat in the ring into some of those opportunities, you interested in that? Absolutely. How do they get a hold of you? I just call my cell phone number, 801-598-4588. And I hope we inundate him with phone calls. That would be awesome. Listen, I just want, you know what, I've, I've worked at some... Work and a job is a is a is a means to an end. We all have to, at the end, support our families. But we're at work more than we are at home or anyone else, at anywhere else. It has to be a great environment. I will not work in an environment of fear, micromanagement, um, angry, yelling throwing nothing i want an environment where people and this is scary for some people believe it or not i want people to be able to come and just feel like they can create their own culture and be happy and just work hard and be happy and not have to worry about anyone intimidating them or uh, being angry with them and an environment where they feel they can come and just go I don't micromanage people. And that, I think, is the hardest thing for a lot of people. That's true. That freedom scares them. Well, wait a minute. You're going to let me do this? Yeah, go do it. Own it. That's difficult for a lot of people. Uh, But those are the people that I'm looking for. That's what leadership is. And um, then they can have fun and come to work and be relaxed and not feel threatened or not worry. Here's the one I want to worry. Not worry about their job. How many times have you and I worked in a place where you're just like, oh man, am I going to have a job tomorrow? You know, you just get that sick feeling every day you go to work. I don't want that. I want the coolest culture. I want something that's so different out of the mold of the traditional food service industry. I just... There has to be a way to create that and allow people to come and, and experience that. It's very hard work. Don't get me wrong. It's, you got to bust your butt. It's hard work. 
but it's very rewarding and I want to create that environment where everyone gets the time off they need but at the same time they can come to work and have fun and enjoy what they do um, and we're serving other people what a great opportunity we're sustaining life in what we do we, we don't just feed people we sustain life that's a huge responsibility and we serve people we make their day you know in New Orleans I, I love New Orleans for one thing people celebrate food as life it's a life celebration and that's what every dining experience should be instead of uh, I gotta go there here and eat you know because I have to and um, I would love to have great people come you bet well I appreciate your time today I know it's taken us a minute to get synced up here you're you're a busy dude why is it so hard well you are <laughs> oh, it's maybe a combination of both of us but uh but i'm glad it finally happened and i think uh i think there'll be a few people out there that'll benefit from this so thank you you're welcome hey thanks for sticking around be sure to share this podcast with your friends, family, co-workers, or anyone who's interested in making food and money. And when you get a second, give us a review. It really helps us get the word out as well as letting us know how we're doing. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food, Make Money on Instagram or Facebook. Or email us, info at businesschef.org.